back to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest is one of our favorites on all things National Football League. It is a big weekend starting tomorrow night. Giants at Patriots. Another look at former Duke star Daniel Jones, in this case against the 5-0 New England squad of Bill Belichick. The Panthers are in London to take on the Buccaneers. The 49ers are still undefeated. There is a lot to discuss. Charles Davis, you hear his voice on the Madden video game franchise, also an NFL draft analyst for the NFL Network. Catch him every week on the NFL on Fox. CD, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing great, DG. Thanks for having me back. It's great to have you. Given that the NBA currently has its hands full with an international incident in China, and that you have seen the NFL reach out internationally, and our Panthers are there playing Tampa in London this weekend. How do you frame that from the NFL's perspective? Because we've seen exhibition games in a lot of countries. We've seen regular season games in Canada, Mexico, and most frequently in the United Kingdom. How has that changed in your times? Your time as one of the voices of the NFL? Well, it went from novelty act to ingrained is probably the wrong word, DG, because I don't know if we'll ever truly have American football ingrained in Europe. It's a, it's a pretty, pretty hard slog, as you might imagine, yeah. right? I think people like it as a curiosity in a lot of ways. Some people have grown to embrace it and love it. I did my – the only international game I did, my crew, we went over two seasons ago, I believe, and we did the Dolphins and Saints. And I remember walking into the stadium on game day, and I promise you I saw an Oakland Raiders jersey <laughs> that was number 66, Gabe Jackson. Now, how many people in the United States are wearing an offensive guard jersey <laughs> to a ball game? And I saw jerseys from every team at the game, even though it was Dolphins and Saints. So you understand you're not getting a crowd you get in the United States, obviously. You're getting people who have affiliations everywhere, but the common common denominator is they're getting to go to an NFL game. That's a cool thing for them. But I learned a valuable lesson there, DJ, and I'll try and bring it home now. I was talking with a colleague of mine from Sky Sports, you know, kind of the equivalent of ESPN right here. And she said as we walked out of the stadium, because it was a bad game. I mean, we had like 17 penalties in the first half. The Dolphins were terrible. You know, it's just it's just bad. And she said pity the game was pity it wasn't a better game today and and now remember this is two seasons ago i'll never forget this she sighed and said and we still have the browns coming home <laughs> now the reason i bring you that story is that we are at a stage now i think when we take those games there we got to take good product we got to take good product we got to take games that mean something it used to be we could throw an exhibition game excuse me sorry i can hear the commissioner's office calling now with a with a fine a preseason game <laughs> and they were excited wow that's so cool you know american football this is great uh-uh we got to start bringing better games and i saw a stat earlier that said and i think it was starting this season that we had never had a game over there that counted a regular season game where both teams had winning records at the time they met. Now think about that. That's not good, okay? Now, you can't control every aspect of that. You could very well one day somehow get New England Green Bay, which would blow the doors off, and both of them could have lousy years and come in. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, New England hasn't been, I don't believe. I don't believe Green Bay has been. 
I'm not sure the last time Dallas went. I don't think they've gone in this current, you know, iteration of what we're doing now with, with you know, what, four games over there every year. So there's a lot that still has to happen. But I hope everybody hears me, understands I'm not criticizing. I hope the NFL league officer, God, Davis, criticizes what I'm not criticizing. What I am saying, though, is we better take some good care and understand that what we're taking over there is not being met with just automatic acclaim anymore. People are more discerning. People understand what we're doing now. They get the game. If you keep sending them lousy product, that's not going to help us get the foothold we want over there. Charles Davis joining us on the David Glenn Show. On Twitter, he is at CFD22. Quick reminder to Panthers fans, it is a 9.30 a.m. game, your time, East Coast, on Sunday morning. So enjoy the Panthers, but in an unconventional way. The NFL Network has that game. The NFL Network in conjunction with Fox, uh, CD's combo of networks, if you will, also has the opener to this week of NFL action. Tomorrow night is the Giants at the Patriots. Before we dive into that, at, if I didn't know you when you were a Tennessee volunteer, but I have a feeling that if I knew you as a star college football player, I would have been able to say, hey, this Charles Davis dude, whenever he's done with football, he's going to be really good if he wants <laughs> to get into broadcasting. Rob Gronkowski, I can picture yeah. myself partying with him on a yacht somewhere, but I, and, he, and he is an interesting dude. What is the best advice, given that he's making his Fox Sports studio analyst debut tomorrow? What's the best advice you as a former athlete has have given or received or that you would pass along to Gronk as he jumps to your side of the fence tomorrow? Yeah, you know, obviously Gronk needs no advice from me because Gronk, you know, look, if you say Gronk, we know you're talking about. Yeah. You say Charles. People are saying who? So I'm not one to pass any any advice to him. He doesn't need that from me. But the best advice I got along the way was find your voice and let it be your voice. Let it be authentic. And I think here's the thing people have to get with Gronk. And, and I don't know how it's going to play out. But if, it's, if people think it's going to be party on the boat, Gronk, I think they're going to be disappointed. Because I think Gronk is going to come at this thing not as Gronk. Like he's going to come out as Rob Gronkowski. And we've seen the images of Gronk and his family from the time he got drafted and the two brothers came on stage. Remember, they were in the league at the time, right? And, you know, or one brother was in the league. And remember, they both had helmets on and they're yeah. butting each other up on stage. And the old man's up there looking like he's getting ready to get a couple deadlifts in and, you know, the whole thing. And it's just a big scrum of Gronkowski. And then you start going through the roster of the kids and you think to yourself, oh, my God, how did those parents do it? Because those boys probably just destroyed whatever home they lived in, which they probably did because they were rambunctious and all of them were athletes. Here's the thing I want people to get, and I don't know him very well. So I'm doing this with with an outside eye view. But this is what I believe him to be, DJ, a heck of a lot smarter than what a lot of people give him credit for. I think that Gronk is smart like a fox. Yeah. It reminds me of a guy that I used to work with named Tony Siragusa. And people saw Goose as this lovable, buffoonish-type character yeah. and what have you. Let me tell you something, DG. When I was around Goose that one year we worked together, you know what I discovered? That Goose, Goose could buy and sell each and every one of us and not even sweat. Like, Goose knew what he was doing. Yep. Goose had accumulated wealth in so many different areas, so many different places, a lot because people underestimated him, which he loved. I think people underestimate Gronk and, and not, not just his knowledge for the game, but his ability to articulate. 
And if you saw any of the LeBron James series, you know, was it in the shop or the shop that it's called? Did you see Gronk with those guys talking? You know, they got into some pretty good topics. And he wasn't doing meathead. He wasn't doing buffoon. Yep. He wasn't playing the fool. This guy is smart and intelligent. And, and if people miss this about the Gronkowski family, let me throw this at you real quick. One brother has an Ivy League education. Another brother was an academic All-American at Kansas State. I'm not sure Gronk was Mr. You know, I'm going to class every day guy at Arizona. But also say, say one more time, underestimate him at your own peril. I do believe he's going to be sitting up there having a good time like we do at Fox, right? Being on the edge like we like at Fox, but also bringing you some pretty articulated takes about the game. If everyone expects it to be party Gronk, you'll be disappointed. But if you could tune in for the football and try and learn the game, I have a feeling people are going to like what they see. That's just my own yeah. you know, opinion. We'll see how it plays out. But I do know that he is a heck of a lot smarter than probably most of the conversations people have about Cause whatever I hear at DJ Gronk, oh yeah. man, met him in pro wrestling and right. man, love to party with Gronk, like get on the ship. I think they'll see a different Gronk than what they're expecting. Hey, every once in a while, it's been a long time since I was in college, but every once in a while, the guy that you party with like a rock star on Friday night, or like I did, Charles had to prepare for yeah. his game the next day. This, sometimes the guy you're partying with until closing time and he's got the supermodels on each arm, and he's springing for the yep. tab at the end of the night. Sometimes that dude is also getting straight A's and you know running his own business in his spare time. It's not Listen. frequently that they overlap, but Gronk, if I remember correctly, isn't he one of those guys who claims that he does not touch his NFL salaries, money. right? He's living off has of his endorsement money. It. Has not touched it, has lived off his endorsement money day one and put it away. Now, another guy that I know that has done that, that is like the polar opposite that you would think of Gronk, but it just shows that these are smart, intelligent people, Tim Couch. Yeah. You know, I worked with Tim on the doing some SEC shows a few years ago, and I remember we were talking along the way, and I said, Tim, you know, unfortunately, career cut short, blah, blah, blah. And he said, yeah, yeah, all that. He said, but I will tell you, I'm okay. He said, I have not touched a single dime of my contract money yet. Well, I said, what? He said, no, I just lived off the endorsements, me and my family. And then, you know, they took that money and turned it into more money. And then Tim has his own businesses, things of that nature. Another guy that, hey, the career didn't go quite the way he wanted because of injuries. But he didn't let that deter him from the rest of his life. And I'd have a feeling, a strong feeling like you're saying, here it is with, with Gronk. I think it's the same thing. He, he made a decision early, live off the endorsement money, take the other money and make it work for you, put that stuff away. I don't think Gronk will ever have to worry about where his next meal is going to come from because <laughs> he's always going to be America's guest anyway. Amen. But, but the other part of it, he is taking care of himself. I, I'm, I'm eager to see how he does. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm wishing him a lot of luck. I really am. I think he's going to be pretty darn good. Charles Davis of the NFL on Fox is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Let's try to go rapid fire so we can get uh, a couple – your okay. thoughts on several things before we let yeah, you go. Yeah, I eat up all the time on Gronk. Hey, man. But uh, anyway, go ahead. You're like, a, you're like a long innings middle reliever when I need you to be. <laughs> Trust me. R rubber arm. I respect yep. that. Um are the Washington Redskins the most dysfunctional franchise in a way that it doesn't matter who their next head coach is full-time? Or so. could firing yeah. Jay Gruden begin to solve no. some of their problems? No, 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 no. This is organizational. This is all the way through. I would say it'd be the coach if, it was one, if, if that would just happened with Jay. Joe Gibbs couldn't get it fixed when he came back the second yeah. time. He got to the playoffs, but were, were they really a factor? 
They weren't the Joe Gibbs teams that we knew from before, were they? Spurrier, Marty, Schoenheim, right? Marty Schoenheimer was gone in one year, even though, you know, I think he finished 7-1, and one, went 8-8, eight and eight, remember? Yep. And they fired him in one year. It's probably a bad move on their part because, you know, Marty had a chance to be okay. Um, just go down the line now, right? Jay, Jay got more years than people thought, got one playoff out of it. Who was before Jay? Um, I mean, Jim Zorn was a disaster. There's no Shanahan? On that. Shanahan? You talk about a, a quality coach with two Super Bowls, and that thing goes kaput. I just don't know that you can lay this all, uh, on all these coaches that they were all just lousy coaches. <laughs> I think they had to go deeper than that. And I saw where Bruce Allen said the culture's pretty damn good. Mm. I don't think people really believe that from the outside looking in. I think that would have to be proven, and I just don't see that right now. So, yeah, dysfunctional because here's a quick quick thing. Everyone's looking at the Dolphins like, oh, my God, tanking, and you guys are terrible, and you just – but they actually are trying a plan. See what I'm see what the yeah, difference is? Yeah. This isn't just happening organically. This is their plan because everything else they've just kind of been five hundred. In a lot of ways I go, Well, if you really want to try and get here's your chance. I don't know if it'll work or not, but at least they're going into it with their eyes open and they have an, a plan in, in place. I don't know what the plan is in Washington right now. Tomorrow night, the new NFL week begins with Daniel Jones and the New York Giants visiting the New England Patriots. Uh, when you think of that 5-0 and body of work for Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and company, as the Giants have that challenge awaiting them, are you thinking more Belichick has another juggernaut on his hands that could make a run, not even if not 16-0, and just at another stunning yeah. record? Or do you put a lot of weight on the fact that other than beating what was a pretty good Buffalo Bills game a team that turned out to be a close game, their other victims are the winless Washington team, the Jets without Sam Darnold, that Dolphins team you just referenced, and a Pittsburgh Steelers squad that is a shadow of its old self. Yeah, well, you know, qu quickly going through it, Pittsburgh was opening night. We didn't know that they were going to be a shadow of themselves. So that was impressive to me because we all, you know, let's be honest about it. A good number of us have picked, picked, picked yep. Pittsburgh to win the division. And Ben was and still around. Good yeah. reason. Ben was still around. So that was different. The Dolphins are the Dolphins. We've covered that. Washington, I thought, would be better on defense when the season began. But by the time they got to New England, it was over. They were just waiting for Jay to get fired. You know, so, so, so they beat a bad team that day. Buffalo, of course, pressed the heck out of them. Here's why I'm impressed that no matter what we say about the record, is that defense travels for this New England team. They are playing defense at a historical level right now, and I'm not sure people have locked in on it enough. Tom Brady was not very good against Buffalo. The offense was not very good against Buffalo. They beat them 16-10. Yeah. Buffalo couldn't score to beat them. That's where they are right now. That defense travels. That defense has played at this level since the, since the Super Bowl last year. And showing no signs of letting off on that. That's why I think they still have a chance to be a, a, another great team for Bill Belichick. Because the offense may fluctuate a little bit more. But the defense looks like they're going to be pretty steady all the way through. And steady really means spectacular they're just shutting people down last thing for you you know the cam newton conversation every year yep. in our statewide audience is hot and heavy the haters don't even want to believe 
the public reports that Cam is being helpful behind the scenes while injured to both Kyle Allen, who, as you know, has won his first four NFL starts, first since Court Kurt Warner to do that 40 or 20 years ago at the quarterback position, even helping the rookie Will Greer as well. The haters don't want to believe what the players are saying behind the scenes. Meanwhile, there's, there is the debate that even though Cam is not going to London and Allen gets another start, th there's a bye week in there for Carolina or an open week. The debate that's on our doorstep is what happens if Kyle Allen keeps winning when Cam Newton is healthy? What, what are your thoughts about any of those things? Well, they're going to bring Cam Newton back fully healthy, I would hope, this time. And then if he's back fully healthy, he's the best quarterback for this team. What we're looking at are numbers of Cam Newton's last eight versus Kyle Allen start. I get it. It's great. Look, I'm on TV. You know that's a great topic for us, right? right? We're sitting yep. there debating it around. I keep telling everybody the same thing, and you and I had this conversation earlier in the year. What did I tell you? He looks hurt to me, yeah. EG. He doesn't look healthy. Proved to be, proved to be accurate for once. Yeah. I, I think in this case, remember those eight games we're talking about with Cam? Hurt in every single one of them in some form or another. Not the normal Cam Newton. He's still the best quarterback for this team. And, yes, Kyle Allen is playing well. There's no downplaying that. He also has seven fumbles so far, too. They have not, they have not hurt them and cost them at this time. McCaffrey's playing out of his mind, and I don't think the defense is getting nearly enough credit for how well they're playing. They're back in the race now because of those factors, and Kyle Allen has done a nice job. But is he Cam Newton when Cam Newton's fully healthy? The answer to me is still no. But, we, but, it has to, but Cam has to prove that he's healthy. That's the key to everything. Charles Davis on Twitter, at CFD22. Thank you, as always, for the wisdom and expertise. Great to hear your voice again on the David Glenn Show. DZ, thanks for having me on. You take care of yourself. Right back at you. Always fun. From the NFL on Fox, NFL draft analyst on the NFL Network, also one of the great voices of the popular Madden video game franchise, friend of the program, Charles Davis on Twitter at CFD22. Great show today. A lot of college basketball. Glad we worked in the NFL. More of your calls on the NBA and China. Obviously, coaches dropping by. Kevin Keats of NC State today. Danny Manning of Wake Forest today. Jeff Capel of Pitt today. All of those guys, of course, we were able to see and chat with at ACC Operation Basketball in Charlotte yesterday. We brought you eight head coaches live in three hours. That might be a terrestrial all-time record for a single program. It is that time of year. The NBA is playing preseason games. College basketball is back almost to its regular season. That's still a few weeks away. Big week in the NFL that involves the Panthers in London. Big week in college football that actually kicks off tonight with the App State Mountaineers Super heavyweight of the Sun Belt taking on Louisiana, which this year is actually the other best team in the Sun Belt. More football, more basketball. We'll mix in some playoff baseball. We're glad you're a part of it on the David Glenn Show. Kevin Harlan is joining us. It was a boring game, and the guy ran out right through the formation as if he was a wide receiver <laughs> to be a part of the play. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. You always think of calling that dramatic last-second buzzer-beating shot or a touchdown pass or, or something more historic. This is the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. A little ACDC never hurts. 
the bump music rotation. Kevin Keats of NC State joins us a little bit later this hour. Danny Manning of Wake Forest and Jeff Capel of Pitt via the Duke Blue Devils. Also later today, if you want to win a four-pack of tickets to the NHRA Carolina Nationals, you can win right now by dialing 1-800-849-2761. Our tickets are for this Saturday. There are actually events really all weekend long at Z-Max Dragway next to Charlotte Motor Speedway. If you are anywhere in our statewide audience or if you want to pick them up at our studio later today or later this week, you can dial right now 1-800-849-2761. Intern Will will have a conversation with you and we hope to send you and three friends to the NHRA Carolina Nationals Hot Rod events if you have never been there. Z-Max Dragway, one of the more popular venues right next to Charlotte Motor Speedway, the big track, if you will. This Saturday, get there if you can. Every ticket we give you is a pit pass, so you get special access beyond the races, races themselves. Dial that up now at 1-800-849-2761. Intern Will will make you a happy customer. Steve in Apex wants in on a cam. I probably am thinking that's more likely a Cam Newton than a Cam Ward, given that the latter has officially retired from hockey. Steve does love both the Panthers and the Hurricanes, though. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Dave, I, I'm, man, I almost almost lost it but just a few seconds ago. How, how about the 4-0 and Canes, man? Four games and four wins. You can't have more than eight points in four games, but I know you have your mind on the Panthers, and that's okay, too. No, that was a spectacular first half, but I mean, first two quarters, but that, that, that third period kind of got a little loose. True, true. <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, Dave, no, no, Cam Newton is nowhere near the best thing for this team. I'll give you an example. Kyle Allen has fumbled just about every single game he has played. And we still win it. And guess what? He has one job, the same job Cam Newton has. Well, two jobs. Make good decisions and throw to the open man. He seems to – they say he throws – I heard the report that he throws – the players are saying he throws a soft ball. In other words, he throws a ball that's catchable. A more catchable ball. We've heard a little right. bit of that. Now, here, here's a question for you, Steve. Really, it's two things that the uh, Panthers themselves have to ask them. Can Cam Newton, who definitely did show accuracy improvement last year before he got hurt while working with North Turner, that's not a myth, that actually happened, do you believe that when Cam Newton is healthy and not kind of treading around gingerly on a bad leg or a bad foot or whatever, do you believe he can continue to be that accurate passer that we saw for half of last year? And then the other part is, since you have invested $20 million plus in Cam this year, and remember, you have a contract that pays him $20 million plus next year. Don't you think that when Cam's healthy, you need to see what he can still do in his early 30s? Or are you just going all Kyle Allen all the time the rest of the way as long as Kyle Allen keeps winning football games? I don't know. Maybe Steve dropped. He just wanted to chime in. I thought I was going to give him a chance to tell us he was about to become the, gen the de facto general manager of the Carolina Panthers. We appreciate his passion and love for the Panthers and the Hurricanes. Intern Will is hooking you up with NHRA tickets. The Carolina Nationals this Saturday are our four-packs. Z-Max Dragway. If you don't win with us, you can always go to charlottemotorspeedway.com and learn more or buy tickets on your own. Will will hook you up as we turn to Kevin Keats. We were in Charlotte yesterday. We brought you three Hall of Fame coaches, Mike Krzyzewski, Roy Williams, and Jim Beheim. We brought you four national championship coaches live on the David Glenn Show. Kay, Roy, Beheim, and Tony Bennett of UVA. We brought you four others live 
We couldn't squeeze everybody into that three-hour program. So Danny Manning of Wake next hour, Jeff Capel of Pitt next hour. And on the other side, he is live by phone, Kevin Keats of the Wolfpack. He's already taken them to the NCAA tournament. That was back in his first year with the Pack after great success at UNC Wilmington. He looks to have another NCAA tournament contender. Kevin Keats from NC State next on the David Glenn Show. Gary Player joining us. This morning I did 1,300 sit-ups and crunches. Wow. I pushed 300 pounds with my legs and I ran on the treadmill. You are one of the legends of golf and you've been an inspiration as a person as well. What a nice compliment and God bless America. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest was an incredibly successful head coach at Hargrave Military Academy. He later helped Rick Pitino build a national championship basketball team at Louisville. In our backyard, he was a sensationally successful head coach with the UNC Wilmington Seahawks, including trips to the NCAA tournament. He did the same in his first year at NC State. He's hoping to get the pack back there here in year three with the pack. Kevin Keats, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? DG, how you doing, buddy? Good seeing you yesterday, and thanks for having me on today. Well, thank you for your flexibility, Coach. You know how chaotic that trip to Charlotte was, probably for you and for us. So I appreciate you working us in by phone today. Before we get into the hoops, I have to know, do you prefer the term drip or swag because you got a lot of love yesterday for your shoes for your attire not just in charlotte but you know more generally on game day and otherwise you know i i, I like swag but if i'm gonna stay relevant and current <laughs> i gotta turn the drip man everything's drip now <laughs> if like swag is good but that's old school we used to say swag now i gotta start saying drip a little bit I saw you getting votes for having the greatest swag or drip, whatever anybody prefers, among the 15 ACC head coaches. If there were a final four, Coach, of ACC head coaches with swag, who would join you in that final four? Who would your competition be? Man, that's a that's a you know what I I, I thought I was prepared for. Everything <laughs> you I have actual hoops oh. questions. I promise. <laughs> I like his jacket. Um, you can tell that he's got really nice jackets. Um, spends a lot of time, and he's got enough money to buy nice jackets. Yeah. So I would say Roy would be one. Uh, he would be one of the other um, guys. Um, now I need two more. Yes. How about Coach Ham? Coach Ham, I think, dresses to the nines sometimes. No. Yeah, you know, Coach Ham will he'll trip you up a little bit, man. He never wears a tie. He'll. Kinda, That's true. He'll he'll let it hang down a little bit. Um, you know, I won't, I won't have to think on that one. All right. You, you, you stopped me on this all one. Right, we'll, we'll just, for all right, we'll just – Hey, we'll just put you and Roy straight through the final four to the championship <laughs> showdown itself. Of course, the pack and the heels will get together on the actual hard court. Kevin Keats, the third-year Wolfpack coach, is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Everybody seemed to be contractually obligated yesterday in Charlotte to chime in on name, image, likeness. It feels like we all agree – Nobody has the perfect solution, but what do you think of, say, the California law that would not require universities to pay these guys, but would open the door for third parties to, you know, use them as spokesmen or otherwise pay for their name likeness image? So I, I've been telling everybody that I, I've been very intrigued with the Olympic model. Uh, once you reach some certain level of celebrity, 
you're able to be sponsored. Um, I think we're making a little bit too much about it. Um, I, I do think that we have to change with the times. Um, you know, we're talking about a small sample size of kids. Yeah. Uh, when you think about this, uh, I don't know if I had anybody on my team this year that could have really capitalized off of that part of it. Uh, that being said, that uh, I'm in favor of it, um, but I would like to see a plan. I know we talked about everybody saying this, but I would love for someone to lay out a plan on how it's going to work. Uh, if you ask me what position or where I'm at with it, um, I think it's something that we need to do. I think it's something that we need to move forward. Um, you know, we're different. We're, basketball is different than it was five years ago. It's different than it was two years ago. Yeah. And it's going to continue to change, and I think we have to change with the times. Kevin Keats is joining us. There is an NCAA committee that will give, at the end of this month, I believe, all of their findings, maybe even more specific proposals to tweak the amateurism model or change it even more dramatically. We will see. All right, how do you describe the difference? You have shared with us in the past a lot of really cool stories about how your time as the head coach at Hargrave you know, basically made you an expert on changing your roster dramatically every year. So I think it was last year you had three guys returning who really knew your way. And this year it's seven or more guys. How do you put into words through the eyes of a head coach uh, how much that helps or how, to, you know, it makes practices easier or, or, you know, governing your roster easier, maybe in a way that results in more wins for you? Well, I'd start to say uh, amazing um, because I haven't had that in a long time. Yeah. You know, you, you're right. You know, I've always had three guys or even less back in the past. And, you know, it, it's made practice a little bit more easier. Uh, I've challenged um, some of those seven guys to be better leaders and to help me teach the younger guys the program. Uh, that's the biggest thing that's helped me is that, you know, I've got guys now pulling young guys aside before and after practice explaining where they made a mistake or where they can get better in certain areas. And that's a new thing for me because especially here at NC State and back in my hardware days, I never had that. So it was always myself or our coaching staff that would have to do those things. And, you know, for example, Markel Johnson, um, after a workout a few days ago, he was taking um, our freshman, Darion Sebron and, you know, they, they had a manager out there and they were going over and coming off ball screens and he was showing them different moves. And I thought that was great because I, I haven't had that. Kevin Keats is joining us. Quick reminder for those who follow this stuff more casually or maybe you're not into college basketball mode yet. Coach has Markel Johnson, he just mentioned, back for his senior year at guard. C.J. Bryce, his longtime player from UNC Wilmington, is back for his senior year at guard. Braxton Beverly is back for his junior year at guard. So those those are three guys who have started a lot of games. You know the old cliche, Coach, especially come March, we end up talking about this being a guard-oriented game. Um, what's your comfort level knowing that you not only have three guards back? I mean, those guys played 25 or even 30-plus minutes per game in your system for you last year, and then you have some newcomers coming in even beyond those three starters. Well, I think it, DG. I think it's a great thing. Um, we all know this. Um, you, you win this game of basketball when you got extremely well guard play. Um, you know, obviously posts are very important, but guards have to set the table and get everybody involved and be able to score for themselves. Uh, we will be as good as our guards take us. Um, I'm excited about the way these guys are playing, uh, especially Raxon Beverly and Markel Johnson. They both have been playing really elite basketball the last couple of weeks. Uh, 
But, you know, that being said, if we're going to be a good team, then they have to be leaders in the locker room. They've got to be leaders on the floor. Um, they've got to help lead these guys. And, and that's a little different road than a lot of the kids today are used to. And yep. I'm asking them to get outside of their comfort zone. When you miss the NCAA tournament, it feels like this sport, Coach, nobody feels like they had a great season in any conference. You may accomplish other good things, but nobody feels like they had a great year unless they're part of March Madness. You guys made it your first season, of course. You missed it last year. I imagine you have to motivate different players in different ways, right? Somebody's got to work on his shot. Somebody's got to lose weight. Somebody's got to get stronger, whatever. Is there an every man motivation throughout the offseason when you 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 know you have limited hours you can be with them? Is it true that missing the NCAA tournament ended up being for your guys a motivation over these last many months? Well, it, it, it was a disappointment uh, because obviously everybody in this entire program, the city, the fans, uh, we all thought that we deserved to be in the tournament. That being said, I thought one of the best things that ever happened to us is uh, playing in NIT because we had a chance to play three great games in um, historical Reynolds Coliseum. Um, if you make the tournament, which uh, obviously that's our goal, not just to make it, but have a chance to win that tournament. Uh, but there's a possibility that you lose in the first round or, or you lose in the second round. Uh, we got more experience playing against three really good teams that all could have been in the NCAA tournament because we played three games opposed to playing one or two games. Uh, and, and I think that helped us out. Um, our guys are a little motivated, but they're different than you and I, DG. They're, they're young kids. Uh, you and I, we hold a grudge, and we want, we're mad for months, and we're trying to figure out how to get something better. You know, kids move on after a week and a half, and so we don't really talk about it, but we know each year our goal is to make that tournament and have a chance to cut the nets down. When I think of your best players, I think of not only two of the guards we mentioned, maybe all three of them, but also DJ Funderburk. I know you made public an indefinite suspension. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but there's a report out just this hour from Joe Giglio in the News and Observer uh, that talks about him being charged with larceny property damage back in late September by university police. They got a hold of uh, a redacted copy of an incident report. Um, can you speak either about his situation and what you expect moving forward, or if not that, you know, more generally about what you expect from your guys and how he ended up as a key player for you, at least temporarily suspended? Well, we have a we have a high expectations of what we want our guys to do. And uh, one of them is, you know, obviously taking care of the academics. Um, other one is playing high-level basketball. But you also have to do and be a great person in the community on the campus. And anytime any of our guys are not holding up to what we think they should be doing, then obviously there's going to be a separation for us for an amount of time until that player decides to get on board and do all the right things. But, you know, DJ's a, he's a good player. And, you know, anytime somebody's part of your family, uh, when they do something wrong, you still love them. But there's also a lesson to be learned or a teaching moment in some of these things. And um, hopefully he'll get, uh, things on track and be a part of the program. If not, then somebody also have the take advantage of his opportunity that he didn't. Kevin Keats on Twitter at Coach Keats NCSU, his third year with the Wolfpack. 
It fe- I know you addressed this in Charlotte yesterday. There's been a lot of positivity around you uh, at UNC Wilmington, your arrival at NC State, that first season being such a great success. And last year, as you mentioned, you did some other good things. It, it has to be tricky to be the guy who's dealing with an NCAA investigation when you, of course, weren't even here in Raleigh when the bad stuff happened. I saw you mentioned yesterday that it, it can trick up recruiting, right? I mean, how, how does that work? You have a lot to sell. NC State's a strong program historically. You personally have a lot of cool things on your resume. And yet I imagine you're getting these questions. Hey, Coach, what are we supposed to expect about NCAA penalties? We know it's not your fault, but if you don't know what's coming down the pike, how do you describe how that's complicating you know, just a big part of your job, and that's recruiting the next generation? Well, it's, it's, it's difficult at times because uh, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, let's say you've got, you go to a restaurant and you had a bad experience at the restaurant, so you're going to tell – Everybody that you know, ah, man, I don't go there because I didn't think it was good. The food was yeah. bad. It maybe gave me food poisoning. Well, for our situation, uh, that's very similar. Um, even though it's a small sample size, nobody in our program was here. Um, we feel good about where we're at as a program. We don't focus on it. But there's always people or always competitors that will try to put doubt in guys' minds. And, and we've, we've dealt with this for, you know, three years that I've been here going into my third season, and that doesn't change who we are. Uh, We know uh, what we believe in and what we're about. Uh, So we just focus on us. It hasn't been a distraction to my team. Uh, But you said it, you know, anytime that somebody can use something against you in recruiting, they do. But um, I think people are understanding what type of program we're looking to run, uh, what type of program we want to be, and know that we don't have any involvement in that type of stuff. Last thing for you, it felt like last spring, I mean, I know you had to say goodbye to a guy like Torin Dorn, who was a senior, uh, but also a Wyatt Walker who played quite a bit. It felt like nine out of ten guys who contemplated jumping to professional basketball did actually leave, right? I mean, Trey Jones stayed at Duke, Jordan Warris stayed at Louisville, John Mooney stayed at Notre Dame. I'm not sure how many other uh, guys even had the option. But Markel Johnson did stay. When you look at your neighborhood, the other 14 schools, you know, everybody's predicting Duke and Louisville and UVA and UNC, but it feels a little bit more open for teams that at least could climb the ladder, if not make a run at the top of the ladder. Does it feel that way for you when so many ACC guys did leave early to become lottery picks and other pros? You know, DG, I think the I think preseason predictions are what the media has to have. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they determine uh, what anybody's outcome. Uh, our, our guys are excited. You could have, uh, I'll say this, you could have your best team ever in the ACC and somewhere, somehow figure out a finish. Look at us, I want to give you an example. In year one, uh, we would pick 12. Yeah. And we finished, you know, tied for fourth. Um, so things can happen um, in a short amount of time. And I, I do like the fact that, you know, we've had to play against um, not just pros. Uh, we've had to play against lottery picks in the last few years. And, um, you know, it's some good players in our league, but I don't know that they're as good as the guys that left. But our league is still great. So the other guys will get an opportunity to rise up and you'll hear about new players. And 
Uh, hopefully you'll have a chance to talk about our guys a little bit more, like a guy like Markel Johnson. hope he moves into the higher echelon of some of those elite players that's been in the league and put himself in a situation where he can have a chance to play professional. Cool thing about the story you told, if I remember correctly, you guys even finished tied for third in the ACC. So yeah, make, I cheated myself. That, you did. Cheat you, How about that? Man, I, I picked you guys to be in the tournament, so when I brag about being right two years ago in, in my uh, support and belief in Kevin Keats, I always tell the third-place story, man, so you got to keep sure, make sure you keep working that in there. Hey, thanks for yeah. the extra effort. I appreciate you joining us by phone, and I appreciate you goofing around with us in Charlotte. It was great to see you in person. Oh, man, you're, you're the best. Uh, you, you do a great job, and man, thanks for having me. And um, you know, um, I'll be following you, and I know you'll be following us. So I appreciate you, DG. Right back at you, Coach. He's Kevin Keats, third-year Wolfpack coach on Twitter, at Coach Keats NCSU. Understandably, coaches don't like to get into these details all that often, but for those wondering, uh, hat tip to Joe Giglio of the News and Observer. He got into the details. It just popped up, like while I'm talking to Coach Keats. Unless I missed it earlier, I think it just came out. Uh, the details of what went wrong with a really good player. I mean, the Wolfpack with DJ Funderburk inside and those three veteran guards, among others, on the outside, to me, that is a no-doubt-about-it NCAA tournament team. And that's where, of course, the Wolfpack wants to be. Without DJ and an indefinite suspension, of course, leaves us all guessing what's indefinite turn out to be. We don't know. But he was charged with larceny property damage by university police and again, all this is Joe Giglio in the News and Observer posted recently here. He had multiple outstanding parking tickets. That's Funderburk, not Joe Giglio. And he had four car boots placed on the tires of his vehicle when it was parked at Reynolds Coliseum parking deck. And he tried to drive away with the boots on his wheels. I mean, I had some parking ticket problems as a young guy. I mean, I, I hope that was most of the extent of my bad decisions in my late teenage years or college years. I never tried to drive away with the boots on the car. Total damage of $330 uh, to either the concrete or the boots themselves. God knows what happened to DJ's car. But those are the details. You got to represent, represent yourself well on and off the playing field. And obviously, this was at least part of the equation that got DJ Funderburk suspended from the Wolfpack basketball team. More of those stories of the day. Two great coaches still on the way. Danny Manning and Jeff Capel will be with us. Leftovers from Operation Basketball yesterday, if you will. Your phone calls to 1-800-849-2761 on the David Glenn Show. Kurt Busch is joining us, 38-year-old champion of the Daytona 500. I went out with Gronk last night after uh, after we won the race. Did you really? Also, it was fun. Got about an hour's sleep. I asked him, I go, hey, when do you have to report to training camp? He goes, July. I said, well, we can't be friends because i got to <laughs> go back to racing. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Danny Manning was once the number one overall pick in the NBA draft and a superstar at Kansas. He's trying to take Wake Forest back to the NCAA tournament, and he was under pressure last spring. The Wake coach, next on the David Glenn Show. Rob Schneider joining us on the David Glenn Show. When they try to have three days of the NFL draft on TV, my friends said, hey, you going to watch the NFL draft? That's like getting excited about a strip club that's still under construction. <laughs> like you see that building over there in a couple of months? There'll be some breasts in there. You're listening to The David Glenn Show.